0: One, two, three, four. Get your agreements on the flow. Gotta, gotta,
1: get up, get down.
2: Wow. Intentionality
3: manifests reality, it empowers and creates. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. I don't know if you knew that.
5: When trying to be good enough for someone else, you lose your personal freedom.
2: Assuming makes an ass out of you and me, but mostly me.
1: Gossip is the way people communicate in hell. <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> Welcome to the Epic Podcasts, your weekly dose of mental foreplay. I'm Matt. I'm Jen.
4: I'm Austin.
3: I'm Joni. I'm Christina.
0: I'm David. And this week's episode, we are talking about a book called The Four Agreements, written by Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, I really think this is a conversation worth having because this book ties up several things that go on internally, I think anyways, um, into, into four tidy concepts that are easy to relate to, um, the first one of which is being impeccable with your word. So... How, how, how did you guys internalize that concept of being Im- impeccable with your word? Nobody did, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's this fun little visual aid for those of you who like that kind of thing. Um, and the, it has four different sections to it. So be impeccable with your word. Um, A would be speak with integrity. B is say what you mean. Um, C is avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. And D is use the power of your word and the direction of your truth and love.
0: Cool. So. That was very teachery. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.
3: So <laughs> if, if people were looking for more of what that looks like, looks like and sounds like, that's, mm-hmm. that's some additional information.
4: So one of the things about the four agreements that if you unpack – The Four Agreements itself is the original book by Don Miguel Ruiz, and it's the first of, I think it's now 13 different uh, books inside the Toltec wisdom tradition. And um, he has written, I think, four, uh, and his sons, each of his sons have written multiple books, and then they've co-authored with some other people and stuff. And you realize how much of their stuff does come back to this original book, The Four Agreements. And more importantly, I say all that to say this the first agreement, if you read the book, you'll actually say, if you can do this, if you can be impeccable with your word and you unpack what that means, you can then fulfill everything else that all those other 13 books are talking about. That that list that, that Jen just read off is. Uh, Jen, actually, could you read that list again?
3: Ooh, yes. See, sorry about that. All right. So A is speak with integrity. B is say only what you mean. C is avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. D is use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love.
4: So having read all of the books, all the Tilted Wisdom books, I am aware of just how much he means when he, when he kind of packs up those four different um, definitions or the, that, that broad definition of what he means when he says, be impeccable with your word. And I remember the first time I came across this book, it was in a business discussion with a friend of mine who's a realtor. And he had found this book years ago and he had bought a case of them because it was so impactful for him, the different agreements. um, And, I heard it in that kind of business leadership, personal growth, self-help space. And therefore, for me, I'm much more of a spiritually minded individual. And I thought, well, okay, I'll get to it someday, maybe. And once I actually did get into the book through my own story about how it came to me, it was a very spiritual thing and uh, realized, oh my gosh, this is one of those books that millions of people have read on a surface level. And it's very true and it's very good and being impeccable with your word is great. Um, But if you take the time to dig down to what the author really freaking means about it, uh, you realize that it will absolutely change how you view everything in life. It will uh, begin to give you the capacity to create heaven on earth and discover that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you, which goes back to what my hook was in the beginning. So, I think it's, it's worth noting right at the beginning of this podcast that, that there is layers to these agreements and your ability to internalize them really does determine kind of how, how meaningful this, these concepts can be for you. I don't know if you guys have found the same thing to be true as far as those layers, but for me, it is, it is absolutely uh, a stark difference between what I've, I've known many other people to get out of this book versus what I've personally gotten out of it.
0: Well, certainly. And I know you reference this thing all the time, especially in the last few months. And I think maybe it's also useful to start with, why do we need to be impeccable with our word? And it's because your word is powerful and they really emphasize this. Like your word has the power to create or destroy. And I know a lot of us already believe that, but it's like, oh, so if you believe this, well, let's really dive into it. Let's really get into it and understand you know, the importance of being impeccable with our word. I think a, a phrase like they they mentioned gossiping in this chapter, in this agreement. And, you know, that's something that a lot of us know. Yeah, that's, that's, you shouldn't gossip. It's not good. It's just not a good thing. However, when you realize that what you're putting out when you gossip, the, the, uh, the destruction that you could potentially be causing when you gossip the, uh, yeah, just, just the things you're unleashing in the universe when you are choosing to not build up somebody behind their back, but just tear them down behind their back. Um, Mm -hmm. Stuff matters.
1: On one hand, I was, and and maybe it's just because of the way, uh, the way that we have had with all the stories about like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or whatever. To me, it seemed that using the, the terms of white and black magic, kind of cutesy in a sense i don't know i think it, it kind of has has lost a little bit of the meaning maybe uh that's because weird.
0: it causes my ears to perk up I'm like what this is like we're, we're talking serious
1: concepts and he's about black magic <laughs> well, <I don't>, yeah because <sighs> because i mean i don't know I, and, and, and maybe maybe we're just a little more used to this stuff or at least i feel like maybe i i am because i felt like it, it didn't quite convey the importance of what he was saying with it maybe more like curses and blessings in a sense maybe that at least for me that would have had a little more but it it's it is that important with gossiping with speaking bad about somebody with calling people names uh it, it, i i remember the story that um that he talked about the little girl that the mom was just having a bad day and she was just singing and I know for a fact I sometimes have bad days and my son just likes to talk and he likes to talk 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 talk. you know and she and 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 I could relate to that and I'm thinking okay how many have have I ever cursed him with with what I was saying with a with a concept uh with just uh Casual comment, you know, why don't you just be quiet or just stop talking or whatever? I mean, I've never gone as far as to say your voice is ugly or anything of the sort, like that mom said, but I mean, that's after having multiple years of being exposed to the understanding that, hey, what you say matters. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the power of life is in what I say and especially people under my care, people under my sphere of influence or whatever, my responsibility, uh, my words are going to carry more weight. And, and so you understand that, okay, you need to be careful with what you say, but uh, I feel like calling it, you know, and, and maybe it's just that I just don't understand what he means by black and white magic or the, 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 the words might have a different meaning for him. Than it does to me, but uh, that
2: kind of goes along with the whole book, doesn't it? <laughs> Having right. meaning behind words.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe so, maybe so. But to me, it's like you, it's, it's more, more so, more of a curse. Like you, you, uh, you curse people when you are not careful with what you say. And why would you want to curse your children? And on on top of that, understanding that the words that you say are so important. Did you hear
0: that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and I,
3: I think what David's saying, because his word, the wordage did kind of um, rub me, I think, the wrong way. And part of it was I kept, because I usually read a hardback book, and this time around I listened to it audio, and I was wondering hmm. if I was like, as I'm reading, he's talking about like how Hitler, you know, changed minds and convinced them. I'm like, would I be? Would this be different if I was reading it as opposed to hearing someone else read it to me with inflection and in the tone? Um, but that also goes into all of what we're talking about in this first agreement of, you know, your not only what you say, but how you say it and your tone. I kind of think of it as a bucket. You know, am I, am I putting something in someone's bucket and filling it up or am I dumping it and kind of against the blessings and the cursings or um, what was the term that he used? A curse no spell he used spell yeah so that was kind of kind (laughs) of didn't sit well with me but that's Uh, just i guess me
0: uh, well you know i mean the story that david mentions from the book you know to dime myself out here going back about 13 14 years i still remember telling you in church that your voice was off and it and i meant it in a way like she was harmonizing and she was you know did some time in like college choir yeah yeah and uh you yeah, know definitely knows how to sing and all that and i was just like it just was i was singing the melody or whatever and she was doing you know going off and doing her own thing and it wasn't that i was trying to make her feel bad i was just like so i was like something's different here and i, I couldn't put a finger on and so the words i used were clumsy and hurtful <laughs> and i mean we were newly married at that point i think and i think it was the next week it came back and the and the guy like in, in the front row turned around the next week i was like you have the voice of an angel <laughs> And I was like, that that probably should have
1: been
0: me. Sorry about that. Yeah.
5: I actually really liked the, um, the wordage of that your words are like casting spells. Because when you have that picture, it's someone sending intention and sending ideas and it's not that it has to be word for word what goes into someone else's life because they still have their own interpretation and their own insecurities and their own filters but it's it's that your words affect the world around you and they're going out and that they're doing something you know if we believe that Every word we spoke was doing something, good or bad. You know, if you want to look at it as white magic or black magic or blessings or cursings, it's doing something. It's either creating life or it's tearing life down. Um, but that's the idea that got me is that our, everything we speak is doing something. And we all have those moments in our life that we can look back on, little comments that people made, and it's not their fault that it affected us the way it did, you know, we have our own responsibility, but just that everything we say affects the world around us.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the things that he brought out too was the whole concept of the soil that you are essentially Mm -hmm. being receptive to negativity or not. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a helpful thing to also take note of when thinking about, because we're talking about how we're affecting other people a lot right now, but in how we take things in also. And like you said, we have a responsibility in that. And even if someone says something negative, if we are only tuned in a sense to positive, then that's going to just basically bounce off of us and not be a big deal to us.
4: (laughs) And, And that gets into the other agreements, which he says, you know, again, if you can be impeccable with your word, it opens up the door to a whole new way of life. These other, the other three agreements are essentially the 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 how tos to kind of to to buttress up against this first agreement, yeah. um, and so you know for we'll get the other we'll get in more detail, but the other three being don't take things personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. And so um, I, you know, this is not a new concept. It is as Christians mm-hmm. uh, or former Christians um, the. I think it was, a, is it James or John? I can't remember which one. I always get the, the two, um, some of their gospels mixed up or their uh, epistles mixed up, but it's that you hold the power of life and death in the tongue, right? And he who can control his tongue controls the whole body. And the, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty massive statement that in, in an epistle in the Bible that's talking about how to live righteously and how to be perfect. It, it gets boiled down to, well, watch what, watch your mouth. Like that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Um, when you consider all the mechanisms that have to be in place in order for your word to be impeccable in order for you not to gossip in order for you not to take things personally, in order for you not to, to tear others down or whatever, I have found the the longer i 've sat with this that um, my default position is is to become more and more uh, quiet and <laughs> observant um, you know obviously, I have people that I can verbally process with that that's uh, safer to kind of just verbal vomit if you will and and find conclusions and kind of stumble my way through things in hopes that you know whoever it is you're not taking things personally not making assumptions about what i mean and i'm able to process but when i'm with average joe schmo in my life anymore um i'm saying less and less not because i think i'm better than them not because i'm not having no don't have any thoughts but it's because Somewhere in there, I'm, I'm beginning to use the tools of, of these four agreements and the impeccability of my word, and it is creating so many additional things under, behind my tongue that uh, I can absolutely you know, ironically, for the first time in all my years studying the Bible, I'm starting to get why I want to say it's James, but why the controlling your tongue. And that it being like a rudder that steers a ship, and that if you can control your tongue, you can control the whole man. Like, it's, it isn't just about, oh, you know, don't, you know, don't make bad confessions of your life because you'll be sick and poor forever. Like, it's not, it's not the silly. Or don't
5: say mean things.
4: Right. It's not the name it and claim it stuff or the, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. It's none of that stuff. It is the true mechanisms behind why you say what you say that. If you can put these filters and these agreements in that process, you will find you'll go, "Oh my gosh, this really does this is kind of a never-ending uh, yeast inside of this thing known as my identity, that if I start here and I and I mean, the think about it, is it is the, the creative, literally mouthpiece, of who we are. All other senses are intake. Except for the mouth the mouth is both intake and output right and there is there is something to be to meditate on about how you have two eyes two ears two nostrils two hands two legs you know all that stuff, but you have one mouth right and the reality that that is the so much the creative center that's how God created the earth in Genesis and 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 so many things to kind of consider the power of everything behind the tongue that then gets filtered and boiled down to a sentence um this book does an amazing job in my mind of of kind of boiling down even the domestication part the fact that we're speaking english on this podcast the fact that the word english means it's a language and we know what the word language means because we've all had agreement that that's what those sounds are and my blog, I get into that a little bit, you know, when I you when use the word sky. Um, we know what sky means because we speak that language. But the truth of the word sky is something that doesn't need words. And this is evidenced by there's dozens of other languages that have a different word for the same truth. And so when you realize that even down to what is truth and what er, what is communication and what is the energy of the realities of existence, that out of your mouth comes your identity in 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 a form that other that you are now imparting to other people, and that there is so much underneath it. When you say anything, uh, it does begin to realize you do you begin to realize. Wow! If I can just focus my attention on being impeccable with my word, I may actually change my entire identity.
0: Now you mentioned you know how this has kind of its roots in, in, in Christianity. But you also mentioned its, its roots in, in Toltec wisdom. Can you, can you briefly describe what that means? What, what Toltec wisdom is for some of
4: you? Okay. So Toltec are pretty much, they're pre-Aztec and uh, Inca, uh, Native American or Central Native American. Um, their main city was Teotihuacan, which is translated as uh, the city where men become gods. And thousands of years old. It's, it is not a religion in the sense that you will not find (laughs) seminaries and, you know, buildings to pay for and everything, but it is a wisdom tradition, kind of like Zen. Um, And it's, uh, it's largely having a resurgence because of Don Miguel and his family. Um, Not that it was lost, but that it just wasn't very popularized or uh, made public. The the wisdom of it was not made public. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's from mexico teotihuacan is 30 miles north of mexico city um and they have different websites they they have uh they take trips down to teotihuacan multiple times a year they have uh, seminars and stuff all over the place so it's just a uh, system of thought right
0: on well i guess uh cruising right along here uh
2: could i say before oh, before we go and um sure. just bri- briefly mention that we talked about the words that we speak, but also the words that are going on in our head and being impeccable with the conversations in our own minds, because <laughs> it kind of starts there as far as what comes out and how we view ourselves and all that stuff. So.
4: Yeah, he says, he says, don't use the word against yourself. Hmm. Um, that one's really easy to do without saying
3: anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is.
4: I'm such a loser.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not.
2: i think honestly just getting really familiar with or starting to really recognize all the conversations that go on in your own mind because we have so many conversations all day long without even thinking about it if you're not uh, allowing yourself to be aware of it it's just so normal and natural and so i just
4: picked i just picked up a new tool um this this actually pretty cool uh if you want It it can be exhausting to monitor your internal dialogue 24-7, right? Because at some point you you have to like buy groceries (laughs) and stuff. Um, And so one way to kind of take an overall inventory about your internal dialogue is if you look at a situation or look at any particular subject and you ask yourself what your expectations are of that situation. So exactly examine your expectations and you'll realize the, you'll discover the predominant um, direction of thought that you have. And if you have negative expectations about stuff, whether it be your weight or your job or your kids or whatever, then you will, then you will, that's, that is the fruit of A a consistent negative thought pattern.
2: Hmm.
3: What if you don't have expectations?
2: Then you probably are amazing.
4: (laughs) What do you mean?
3: I don't know. Like
0: cheeky one, go.
3: (laughs) I I remember cheeky one Kenobi. (laughs) Working with and. It's now kind of in me like it's a sad thing, but um, I was talking with someone and I was like, well, I don't know. I just don't have expectations. That way I'll never be let down. Like I just, I have, you know, no expectations because then, you know, it doesn't line up. I'm not disappointed. So I find sometimes that I just don't have expectations and maybe the why is more telling than, than whatnot. But um,
2: yeah, to me, that sounds like an expectation.
3: To not have an expectation? Yeah.
0: That you're yeah. going to be let down if you, ha- if uh-huh. you have them.
3: Mm. <laughs> I realized <laughs> after I said it, yeah. the lines were drawn, but whatever. <laughs> so,
2: but that's a helpful thing to point out, I think.
4: Yeah, for sure. Well, expectations are the normal state of humanity, right? It is, it's actually just in, the, in the, it's the law of the universal creative power known as God, that uh, God is always forward-moving. Right. Nature is always forward moving. It is never about the past and it is always about creating more. It's always, you know, uh, use the example, you know, if a, if a forest fire burns down a forest, come back five years later, they, you'll begin to see a new forest growing. Like there's always forward movement. Nature never stops. And so expectation is an energy that is directly tired, tied to movement um, and it's directly tired, tied to forward movement. And so it is by our default, it's actually something I don't believe we were meant or are really able to not have expectations um, because it is in our, it, literally in our spiritual DNA to expect. Um, and that is because we live, our minds, being of the substance of spirit, are able to live outside of time and space. And so if we were a pure instinct and pure intuition, we would always be in the now and expectations would not be a thing, but we're not. We're soul and spirit and the spirit side of us lives in a realm that um, is always forward moving. So it is, there's healthy ways to manage and build and foster expectations, but in the end you still have them.
1: Yeah.
0: I had a cousin who I distinctly remember about 20 years ago saying that he was constantly uh, aiming low to avoid disappointment. That was, that was his mantra. And uh, I think, you know, biblically, these are, these are the types of thoughts that we need to take captive. You know, we need to recognize when we're you know, having these, whether they're negative thoughts about our, ourselves, our futures, our prospects, whatever it is, or just, you know, this underlying mentality that failure is imminent take that captive and recognize it and then, you know, then you can do something.
4: Mm-hmm. My, I find I this is a confession moment.
0: Ooh, <laughs> I realized you see
4: that I've, I've been struggling with my weight my whole life. And I have the expectation that I would continue to struggle with my weight my whole life. Right. And I've, and then, and it's, Oh, I have never actually reached the point where I've expected to be fit. Right. And I've, I mean, I've been doing the work around, I've been doing mind work for years now and I've never been able to get to the point where I've expected to be fit. So it's, it is a telling, you just kind of skip to the end. What's your expectations? That will tell you what your thought patterns really are.
0: Sure. And I think in the book, they're really, really blunt about it. Like, Oh, your friend says you're fat or something like that. (laughs) And, And that, but like I was thinking, I was like, "Well, what do I say about myself? Like when, when I look in the mirror and I see myself, like I've been working out for a while now, and I, and I, it got me wondering, wondering like how I'm, I'm open for uh, critique here." But I, I've been constantly telling myself, "Hey, you're getting there." Hmm. But does that mean that I'll always just be getting there, never there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, along the same lines, David and I were just having this conversation today that something that I realized recently: um, we have a camper that we've been working on for a while and we were putting in a lot of hours on it and it was just in this state of just perpetual working (laughs) and we were getting to the point finally because we had a deadline that we had to meet um that we were wrapping things up and it felt so bizarre like i can't explain how bizarre it felt to me that we were actually finally coming to the end of a project and i realized that that's how I just have felt in life for so long that we were always going to be just in a perpetual state of trying to catch up, trying to get ahead, trying to just struggling to make things work. And that had just been like my mental state forever. And to the point where I couldn't even comprehend like what it would be like to be on the other side of that. And so similarly with the weight thing, like getting, getting to a different place in the agreements in my mind with what my life looks like it's it's so weird to try to to try to get to a point that you're that you've never been before and make that a new normal i guess (laughs)
1: and and it's funny because I, i i i totally um feel you there with the whole weight thing because i've like since i was in school i've had kids telling me i was fat you know and making jokes about my weight and stuff like that and I remember like four or five years ago I was actually uh I got to the point of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being yeah and so I was just like doing great I was hitting it hard and I was making some awesome progress and everything and then uh we got busy we had to travel a bunch and I was like oh I guess I'm never gonna make it and I just kind of you know, just kind of let it go. And I'm like, yeah, see, now I'm probably just going to get all fat and everything again.
2: Cause you're just getting older. Obviously I'm so. getting older. I'm
1: just going to get all fat and whatever. Oh, and, dear, And <laughs> I'm older. I'm older. I'm there. <laughs> got some work to do.
0: Uh-huh. All right. So I, I think we've thoroughly established the idea of you know the importance of being impeccable with your word internally, externally. We ready to move on. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So Dude. next one is don't take anything personally.
1: This one's hard, man. Should I read? Or at least for me, it is. A
3: B's and C's.
0: It wouldn't hurt. Okay. Yeah,
3: Let's do it. So the A B's and C's of don't take any, don't take anything personal.
0: You can do it into the mic. That'd be even better. Don't take
3: anything <laughs> personal. I don't know when I read it, it just don't, felt don't very double. Yeah, don't take negative. that. Don't take that critique mm. personally. There. All right. Uh. A. Nothing others do is because of you. B. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. C. When you are immune to the op- the options and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. It's good stuff, right there.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: Probably opinions and actions of others.
2: Did I read that wrong? Oh, what did she say? Options. It oh. says there's a T there.
4: Well, it's supposed to be opinions. Uh-huh. So whoever, yeah, somebody typed that.
3: Sorry.
0: It's all good. Um, I don't. Know, I. I I think this is one that I thought I was doing a really good job on, but this kind of highlights some areas where I you know I, I could do better. Just the idea that the way people interact with me isn't always because of what I'm doing is I think, uh, you know, they've got their own shit to deal with. And a lot of times that, you know, they're, they're putting that on me because of what's happening in their life. And sometimes that's, you know, sometimes it's fair. Sometimes, sometimes it's not, but I'm not gonna, you know, take it personally anymore.
5: I'd say that the, the way people react to you is never about you. That if you think about it, you are the only one in your world you are only ever the only one in your world. And everything, think about it, it's it's easier if you look at yourself. Everything you do is always about you and always about what you think and your opinion of someone else and your filters. And if you can turn that around and project that on everyone else in your life and realize that they're the only ones, their whole world revolves around them. So everything's gonna be about their lenses and the way they see things. And that literally nothing Anyone does can ever be about you. it's always about them and it's,
4: it's one of those things that it, you it's so in the books he talks about how this one gives you immunity from the world yeah, right. um, because it it essentially is the acknowledgement that you all we all live in our heads, and that is the only place we live. <laughs> Is the only, it is, it is, in, you know, even in the closest relationships, if you consider the percentage of time that you spend in external conversation, it's maybe 5% of the day that you're actually talking to somebody else. Um, and, and 95% of your day is in your own head. Mm-hmm. And when you realize just the vast majority of thinking and decision-making and opinion making um, how much it is based on the domestication of the individual, you know, their, their, what they would, what the McGillories would call their book of law, you know, that this is moral or this is not moral. This is right. This is not right. Um, And you realize that you, you can take almost any subject, almost anything you could do or say, and you insert it into another time and place with another culture or another person and what that person took of personally and offendedness and all that stuff, a, a completely different person in a completely different scenario wouldn't think twice about it.
5: For example, you think about people in other countries eat dogs, but here in the United States, it's like abhorrent to think of, the, of eating a dog, but in their culture, just fine. So, and, and those, that's kind of an extreme example, but we do that with everything in our life, everything is just a belief, just a lens, just a viewpoint. And society has dictated that we have these um, massive viewpoints, that in the United States, we all believe this one thing. We all believe it's not okay to eat dogs. Um, but it's, just, it's still just an opinion. Just because millions of people believe it, it's still just a thought. It's still just an opinion.
0: So I mean, I think it was Bruce Lee, he talks about the idea of, of knowing yourself, yourself so well that you can then begin to know your opponent and understand them. Does that is that? Do you think that jives with what uh, Don's saying in in this chapter? Or no? I was going to look that up, but we
4: had too much of a silence.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, it's a good question. I'm sitting here, you know. For me, having read all of his stuff, I think. He would say, so one of the, his major, major things, and it's not in the four agreements, you start to get into the fifth agreement, um, the mastery of love, the uh, voice of knowledge, like that. That one of his main things he teaches is respect. That respect is uh, in such a powerful word in relationships. And so, in getting to know your opponent, um, and I would even say the other half of this is love without condition. To love everyone and so if you're attempting to understand the people around you and i you know i know use the word opponent loosely it's not that everyone's an opponent but there's just other people in your lives so if you're trying to get to know them and understand them then if you can have a respect and a love without condition and while at the same time not making assumptions not taking things personally being impeccable with your word you know, uh, the fifth agreement, which we're not getting into today, actually says, uh, be skeptical, don't believe anybody, don't believe yourself, but always listen. So the fifth agreement, he even says, is kind of all the other four agreements wrapped up into one of realizing that everyone is is dreaming their own dream. Everyone has their own lenses. And in the end, it's all lies. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to convey the truth of experience. So when I try to when I try to point out something in the sky to somebody who doesn't speak English, the truth is there's a thing in the sky we can both see it. That's the truth. The moment we use words, we introduce distortions and filtrations based on our upbringing and so on and so forth. And so, being skeptical and not believing anyone, including yourself, does kind of get to this it's at some level. Like to know anybody is potentially uh, in some ways it's impossible. And in other ways you can know everyone on the same level with love without condition and yeah. Right on.
0: All right. So moving on to the third point, which is don't make assumptions. It seems pretty cut and dry, but maybe there's some subplots. Definitely. Under the, the surface here.
3: Point a, find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. B. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, or drama. C. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Ah. Mm-hmm. It reads a little differently. It, inflection <laughs> right.
0: right. Yeah. I, I mean personally, I was waiting for this one to kind of do some marital counseling on the you know recorded posted on the internet. Oh, okay. Fun uh, yeah. assumptions Let's do it. And marriage, whatnot.
3: What are you assuming, <laughs> sir?
0: Uh-huh. I just think it's important to communicate all the time. Maybe overly communicate. I think Don might agree. Uh, do you really <laughs> want to open that
3: can of worms?
0: <laughs>
5: Maybe somebody yeah, else has an
0: opinion it. on something.
5: I I like this one. I I think <laughs> I use this consciously the most out of these four agreements mm-hmm. in work and in relationships. And it takes it takes this takes some vulnerability. This one does because it's one admitting that you're not understanding or admitting that you're not sure or to ask questions and to not assume something, you have to kind of expose that you're doubting yourself and be willing to listen and want to learn. So there is a lot under just not making assumptions. There's a lot of um, maturity that has to happen if you're going to push into asking questions. Um, but on the plus side, you understand people so much better. This has improved my relationships with my boss at work so much, just asking your questions, but having to be vulnerable myself to ask those questions. Hmm.
0: Definitely. That's good. Yeah.
4: Well, I, <laughs> the, uh, the, the reality of assumptions that we often make does often go hand in hand with taking things personally. Right, especially in relationships. We make assumptions so that we can be offended.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. How often do we make assumptions that someone's really awesome? Right. <laughs> they, were just, they had every good intention <laughs> in mind. Like, I totally assume do do that?
4: that they're going to do what they promised they're going to do. Like <laughs> hey,
0: When you're falling in love, this is when that's really going, okay? <laughs>
4: that's, <right. laughs>
2: that's true. Initially, yeah.
4: um, and then, you know what? That's an interesting uh, that is the truth of um, when you are falling in love and you're in there is this kind of assume. Um, it's it's the honeymoon effect that uh, Bruce Lipton wrote a whole book about, is the honeymoon effect. Um, and but beyond that, there is largely in a, in our culture an assumptiveness of negativity, personal attack, um, unreliability. You know, people being lazy, people being stupid. And so, so many of the assumptions are very negative. Um, so it does bump right up against the second agreement of not taking things personally, but it is for me, I totally agree with Joni that it is an awareness of yourself that, so the first, the, the second agreement is immunity to the world, not taking things personally. This one he says is immunity to yourself because assumptions only tear you down And then they come out in in a lack of impeccability with your word, and it's all intertwined. And this assumptiveness in our minds is a fool's errand so many times. And I've I've taught people, like, if you're going to make assumptions, assume the best. Mm -hmm. And you'll just see how silly some of your assumptions are. And there's times where people can't even figure out what the best assumption would be because they're just so sure that that person's an idiot. Mm -hmm. Right? They're so sure that that person's going to let them down. They're so sure that that person's being an ass, and so I I kind of go the other way of like, oh, if you're going to assume, then what's the best that could happen? What's the best of that person's actions? What's the best intention behind that thing that's confusing you? And you just realize just just what your thought patterns are and your judgment patterns are um, when you <laughs> when you when you watch this in yourself, it is you realize, holy crap, I have given myself high blood pressure for years for no reason. No reason.
0: Yeah. If I can't make assumptions, then that means that I can't spend time and energy having imaginary arguments with people.
4: Like you well, take that away say. from me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and then he's going to say, and then I'm going to let him have it
3: <laughs> well, I'm I think
4: bring ass- this down so hard on his face.
3: <laughs> the, the thing for assumptions for me is we all have different backgrounds and different perceptions and even different definitions of what words are. And so Matt brings up communication and he has an idea of what communication between us should look like and I have another reason what, what it looks like. And if we never get on the same page and we never talk about that, we're just gonna keep assuming and zooming and zooming. Or we make this agreement, hey, this is what this is what it looks like, and then not revisiting it a couple of weeks down the road things change life changes we we change our personalities and um, perspectives and so if you're not if you're just writing something in in sand and stone and oh this is what it is for now on and never revisiting it then you have misconceptions built on assumptions built on misunderstandings and it just becomes this big monster
0: mm-hmm. i don't know why you tap my leg like that <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know <laughs> right honey I, I didn't
0: take <laughs> right, honey. I'm, I'm, all good. Yeah. Anyway. I think,
2: um, I've been pretty good for a long time about making good assumptions about what other people's like coming up with good scenarios of how someone didn't mean to offend me or whatever yeah in most other people that like the people that I don't really know or people that aren't that close to me, but I haven't been great at it in, in closer relationships because I find that I want, <laughs> and I think this is probably fairly common with women. Um, I want, for example, David to be observant enough in our relationship. To me, it feels like more loving if he just can know something that I want. And I understand, I, I actually, I'm really good at communicating when I, um, I have a problem with something. <laughs> the Anyone who knows me probably knows that I don't have any trouble with <laughs> that. Um, but the communication of, of not assuming negatively, like sometimes I honestly, I just like, I can't comprehend, like someone was saying, I forget who it was, but I can't comprehend of a scenario that makes sense in the other person's head um of how that couldn't have been a negative thing and uh, like for example um there was a something that happened with some of my friends not super long ago um we had a conversation on facebook messenger and we said that we were gonna do something together that day and And I said, okay, yeah, someone suggested, yeah, let's let's do like maybe um, shopping and something else. I forget. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I'm down for that. Then come to find out later, those two friends were out shopping without me and hadn't communicated with me. And I could not for the life of me come up with a scenario that it made sense if they hadn't communicated after we had that agreement or whatever. And so that was a scenario that I was like really hurt by and confused by. Um.
1: Wait, th- that you agreed. Yeah. You you mentioned that it was cool to do it, and then they went shopping. Yeah. And did not tell and you. And didn't
2: tell me anything. Yeah. I found out that they were out, and and that same, we met up later that day, and they didn't try to hide the fact that they were doing it without me, and so I I was so confused. It was just weird. Um. I let I just let that situation go because. I cared more about the relationship. I didn't want to make it weird. At some point I might ask them, you know, like what was up with that? But they clearly didn't think it was weird or have any, I, I, I couldn't come up with a scenario where that made sense in my mind. And so like you can be really good at coming up with, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe that shouldn't even be the goal. Maybe the goal should not be coming up with good scenarios. Well,
3: because <laughs> where, that just becomes another assumption unless you ask right. someone and say, Hey, like I thought we were going together. What happened?
2: Yeah, and I, I would have done that, but in the, it, at at that time, it, just, it wasn't a good thing to do, I could tell. And so I'm cool with it now. Like, I just let it go. I don't really know. I never came up with a good scenario, but I was still able to let it go and not be offended, like, eventually not be hurt by it and not – it wasn't a big deal anymore. Um, but, yeah, that's just an example where even coming up with good scenarios may not be – like I said, maybe that's not the goal. And I don't know if, Austin, you have anything to say to that whole way of thinking about relating with people or whatever. <laughs> I have a feeling you might.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, when I tell people, well, assume the If you're going to assume, assume the best. Yeah. It is a sense, it is the. So in the human brain, there is a, I can't remember it, what it's called. The concept is very simple that we do not know how to handle unfinished math. Like uh, we inherently connect the dots. It's the, it's the same part of you that if you're, you know, using the analogy of shooting a, sh- you know, shooting skeet with a shotgun that can, that can connect that I need to shoot here because by the time the, the shots get there, the you know, the skeet will be where that is. And so that's the idea that you can guess what's coming next, that you right. can, that you can, know what's going on in traffic because you've your mind is already able to put together what's probable Mm -hmm. and so we do that but we do that with everything right Mm -hmm. and we do that and then those equations are built on our past ability to fill in the blank Mm -hmm. right so while i've had these experiences therefore it's normal for me to expect that this will be continued to be my experience Mm -hmm. so that's why when somebody innocently says something that for years has been a source pot for you then one you're attracting that vibrationally but two you immediately assume that they're just piling onto the same thing you know because you're filling in the blanks mm-hmm. and our minds do that uh, with assumptions and the assumptions are based on past experience mm-hmm. and so it is almost like a drug it's in in, it's it's very much like an addictive behavior to stop making assumptions. And so my secondary piece of advice is, but if you have to, if you're you're struggling with that, you know, it's kind of like quitting cocaine cold turkey. Like if you're struggling quitting cocaine cold turkey, maybe, you know, drop down to something less, (laughs) I don't know. And so if you can't stop making assumptions, then, make the better ones and you'll still poke into a lot of the same things. Uh, But in the end, yeah, it is the right answer is don't, just don't make assumptions.
2: Right. Um, But then in scenarios where it doesn't feel like it's good to actually even potentially communicate about that or like put somebody on the spot maybe, or like, do you just, like you said, like that, I identify well with that, what you said about needing, not, not being able to, the whole thing about math, yes Un- mm-hmm.
4: unfinished patterns. math we, we unfinished don't
2: math. Like, that's yeah that makes sense like our brains do want want things to make sense <laughs> mm-hmm. so like do we just yeah i'm not quite sure and in this scenario like it really it just it's out there i don't know it's definitely not a finished <laughs> thing and i don't i don't care anymore honestly at all um but i'm not really quite sure how i got there
4: well, Jen, could you read that list of uh, the sub points underneath this one again?
3: Definitely. So for don't make assumptions, A is find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want, which I think is what we've been kind of talking about. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstanding, sadness, and drama. (laughs) C, with just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life.
4: And so I wanted you to read those because essentially, I mean, this exact scenario, it is that ask questions, communicate as clearly as you can. Um, it's kind of the point now for me and people in my life, I think Joni could probably attest. I ask shit tons of questions. Um, and it's not because I don't, it's not because I don't believe the answers I'm getting. It's not because it's because, in all of my questions, you can give me an answer and I'm still making a thousand other assumptions about what that answer means. Right. And so trying to dig down to, okay, well, when you said this answer, I'm still realizing I have filters and distortions and you have filters and distortions. And so let me ask it again in a different way so I can truly understand. And obviously, the more weighty the discussion, the more questions I believe should be asked. Um, because, you know, it's one thing to when you talk about shopping, it's a whole other thing when you talk about uh, spiritual truth or how to raise your kids or, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, that those those get super, um, super important to make sure that you're not, you know, it's like Jen was saying, oh, we should communicate more. What is the word communicate? <laughs> okay. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Is so that, but you're saying,
2: what? though, that it sounds to me like you're saying that your goal is still finishing math, connecting Yes. God. Yeah, okay.
4: Yeah, that's a good. That's absolutely... Yeah, it's absolutely not to live a life where you don't, <laughs> I don't know why anybody does anything.
5: Good. <laughs> well, you're you're going to finish the math no matter what. So if you can do that in a way that helps you better understand the other person and that you're not coming up with the math, you know, the, the end of the problem yourself.
2: Right. Um, I think in this case, I ended up just finishing the math on my side of things and just the reason that I was able to resolve it for myself was just, okay, this is why it felt like this for me. This is this, this, and this, and this is how it related with my relationship with God and all that kind of stuff. And so I think I just finish it on my side and cross it out on the other people's side, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and I think that's where, that's where knowing yourself kind of. Knowing why you're finishing the math in that mm-hmm. direction helps a lot mm-hmm. before projecting it to somebody else.
3: Right. Well, and I would also push into what does finishing the math mean? You know, is it finding the solution to the problem? Is it equalizing the equation? Is it coming up? Cause like, even when you think of an algebraic equation, you have to do certain things first before you can come to the end product. And so part of that, your equation could have been figuring out how it correlates with myself and God. And that, you know, that's my, maybe the multipl- multiplication division part of it. And then the addition and subtraction part of it is how do I go about communicating with my friends and, and helping them become better friends and relationship builders because they understand where you're coming from and your perspectives. And so while we are trying to connect the dots and get the math, there's always going to be lots of layers to it. And that's part of the funness is finding out.
0: So solutions. would you say that Don, Don Ruiz has a, uh, Ruiz has a order of operations. Is that what you're getting at there? My dear
3: like, aunt Sally says so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <It's the> first, <laughs> in last, like. That's, I mean, there's, we talk about, you know, there's so many layers and we've got a body and we've got a spirit and we've got a soul and there's things on the surface and there's things under the surface. Mm-hmm. We've got a conscious and a subconscious. There's never just like, one answer there's never one solution to this problem there's always going to be multiple ways to get to the end of the math problem there's always going to be multiple ways to show your thinking sorry i get my teacher head on guys but you know there's 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 just there's no one way to eat a Reese's. like there's (laughs) the solution is there it's how you get there it's how you put it together is going to be unique for every individual
4: and it also depends on what other equation, other parts of the equation you have, other agreements you have. So in this case, it's the perfect place to enter into what I believe is arguably the most important agreement you can have with yourself. That is the truth that everything is for you. That everything, that, that life, it's impossible for life to be against you. Um, and if anything is true, there's a way in which it is true. And so if you truly believe that, then when your friends don't call you to go shopping, then you, and you have this thing inside of you that says, well, what what in this moment is for me? Then you can, you can start unpacking stuff. And if you're not taking it personally, you're not making assumptions, but you're still letting it be a lesson, you're letting it teach you something or expose something in you, like that's a whole nother piece of that equation as you, as rightly so, Jen, you're saying like, it's not just what is, what does finish the math mean? Well, if one of the major components in all of your math questions is life is for me, life is always for me, then that's, that flavors everything differently. Um, And that is where you get a kind of the, the order of operations of your agreements, i.e. beliefs will determine how you finish the math and what flavor you put on it and what assumptions you make. Um, but I do, I do think, again, if you can get to the point of not being a crack addict and having to make assumptions, um, that is definitely the true goal of finding the kingdom of heaven within you.
0: Right on. And so to, to move to the last and fourth agreement, it's an agreement that, kind of propelled me to share this whole thing with my kids uh, probably, I don't know, half a year ago, maybe four months ago. I don't know. I, I just walked to school with my kids in the morning and uh, always do your best. I figured that'd be a great agreement to, to end on, on our walks, but just all of these build in this one, I think saves you so much time of sparing yourself the question. What if, if you always do your best, then you, you take that, all of the wondering, like, well, what if I had done more? What if I had tried harder? Um, what, what if I, I, I really pushed to finish this or whatever? You know, how would my life be different? Like, I think that, that question haunts me in particular sometimes. And so the idea that I can, I can free myself from all of that mental energy just by doing my best when the time comes. I think that's huge, man. You want to hit us with those points?
3: Sure. Point A, your best is going to change From moment to moment, it will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. B, under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret, which I think you summed up nicely. (laughs) I think for this piece for me, part of my day job is supervising people. And so I find sometimes people will say things about me when I have to hold them accountable for their actions. And um, I have to do a lot of don't take things personal um, when things are said, like, oh, she doesn't do anything. And I'm like, I do things all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing a good job. I can't do anything any better than what I'm doing. I show up every day. I'm doing what I can. And that really helps me ride through the top three, you know, things. It's just like, I'm doing my best. And if I could do anything differently then I would. So, or better, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess it definitely helps when you have to like sometimes justify your actions to another person, maybe a, a boss. Yeah.
1: But.
4: I think for for me, the the do your best. And so Don Miguel has says of all of his agreements, of all of his books, this is his favorite. Because this is the one that takes what you're doing on the inside and actually puts it into action. Right. Um, because you can think you're doing this and think you're doing that and think you're doing that. But if you don't actually bring it into your life, um, you know, you're just deluding yourself. And you'll find when you bring it into your life that you've, you know, you've spent however many years you're alive. You have mastered being you. And if you're trying to change that, then you're going to find that there will be days where you fail. And so doing your best does release you essentially from the past and namely regret or questioning or doubt or whatever, or that guilt that comes with to, to do your best. For me, the, the question really becomes, have you ever been in a scenario where you knew the better option or you had the energy of the better option and you consciously said, I'm not going to do that right now, right? And and I, it's not the same as saying as consciously being aware of like, man, I would like to, but I just, I don't know if I can. That's different. There, it's it's one thing to be have fatigue or be sick or like, no, you know, if I was having a good day, I could do this. But right now, it's just it's just too much. So your best doesn't mean necessarily that that you're always in peak performance. But is there ever been a time where you you're totally capable of doing it? And for one reason or another, you chose choose not to.
5: That happens a lot at work. <laughs> right? Just don't feel like it. I'm just not going all the way.
4: And, and that's the, as you, for those of you, you know, especially at work, but it's, if you want to truly continue to work on yourself, you will find that that, the smallest things will become the evidences of the, the deeper, bigger things that you're not actually doing your best on. Um, and so it's, it is, it's something that is, can be beautiful in bringing, in, in bringing your internal world into existence in the, in the physical plane. Um, but it is one of those things that, you know, there, there's people who habitually just don't, don't do their best. And uh, I like how in the book he says, you know, if, you, if you're not used to this, start doing the small things your best. Like literally take the best shower you've ever taken. <laughs>
1: brush,
4: brush your teeth and floss the best that you've ever done. Um, make, make that macaroni and cheese the best you've ever made it. Um, and the, the silly little things, comb your hair the best you've ever combed it. And in, even I think he uses examples of like dress up. Or you know, drive the drive, drive your car the best you've driven it, and you'll find that there is a, a sense of fullness to your to your life in that moment, because you are, you know, I, my chiropractor asked me one time, you know, how much does a tree grow? Well, it grows all. Right? It grows, it, it it just it grows until it's not growing and uh so how how much is your best it's it's the fullness of what's possible and you realize if you live there energetically that you're not always leaving this little this this percentage of untouched energy that you're always and everything you're doing you're doing your best you you will significantly raise your vibration and uh your life will change
2: i <sighs> As you're talking about doing all these little things, your best, I'm like, well, that (laughs) could make everything take a lot longer. Because I feel like, so like, how does this work for, for example, perfectionists or like, (laughs) there's got to be some sort of caveat here or something or like disclaimer. I don't know. Because like,
0: you managed your time your best.
2: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's got to be a hierarchy here, I guess maybe we could say. Mm Okay. Because for sure, like I don't wanna do the world's best job on so many things. So Okay, so the hierarchy thing, that makes sense. Right. But does he say anything you, about that though? If
4: you take a shower for four hours and you realize you've missed all these appointments, <laughs> you, probably, you probably didn't manage your time the best.
2: Yeah. So. There's definitely gotta be a prioritization. <laughs>
4: it's an energy it is an energetic target, not a mental target.
5: I was gonna say it's it's mostly for you, like your best is going to impact the world around you, you know, for the better. But um, thinking about work, uh, I'm also a supervisor and I know when I'm, you know, you catch someone uh, in a falling short on something they should have done and you confront them about it, you know, when they didn't do their best because out comes all the excuses, out comes all the, you know, this and that. But if you know they did their best, then you can feel the difference in what they're saying. And you're like, oh, okay. But when when they haven't done their best and they're just fudging their way through the day, it just totally feels different. So being able to live in that energy of I, I did my best, it totally, it's for you. And, and it impacts the world around you.
2: Yeah, you can definitely feel that energy in yourself too, mm-hmm. whether or not you... <laughs> did your quote unquote best in every scenario <clears throat> yeah and in best in other words best not meaning perfect but like right. well yeah okay
4: <laughs> again it's it's energetic yeah yeah and then you know do you feel confident do you feel Are you feel yeah. or is there a measure of well and just being realize, and dumb and, yeah. right and then you start checking all the areas of your life and suddenly that becomes your vibration
0: mm-hmm.
5: And actually, I, I get that because I'm a perfectionist also. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, there's areas of my life where things are never good enough. Mm-hmm. But giving yourself permission and freedom to just do your best, actually, especially as a perfectionist, mm-hmm. lets you take a step back and release yourself from the obligation mm-hmm. of um, having to meet some standard that's really only created in your mind anyway. Yeah. So giving yourself the freedom and permission to just do your best um, has been re- really freeing. Also, yeah.
4: That's actually a huge point that I'm glad. Like, yeah, because it's easy to oh do your best. It's easy to kind of beat up on people who don't do their best, mm. and it's because it's it's meant to pull you forward or higher. But then, for the perfectionists out there, who beat themselves up for not being the best. Mm-hmm it's, it's, it actually pulls them back down to reality of, Hey, it's okay <laughs> if you did your best and it's still not the best and it's not perfect. That's still okay. Cause you can still put your head down on the pillow at night and know you did your best.
5: I also saw a thing, I think it was on Facebook the other day. It was talking about, um, you know, if someone's only had five hours of sleep and they're complaining about how tired they are and you only have three hours of sleep, And, you know, you're complaining about how tired you are, not to discount their experience that maybe five hours sleep for them, they're tired. So, and that might be their best that they're doing their best with that. Um, So also it helps not to judge other people and to kind of not make assumptions and assume that other people are also doing their best and that that's their best and to, to give them some freedom and grace in that too.
0: All right, well, maybe it's time to go around the circle here and get our closing thoughts in on all four agreements.
3: <laughs> um, my thoughts. Yes. I think we had a lot of good thoughts. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the best thoughts. Right.
3: <laughs> I I think the, the thing that I like most about this book is that four is a really manageable number. Um, the agreements are not rocket science. They're not anything new, but it, it's, it's great to put them down in in a concept like this and be able to, um, dive into it, apply it to our lives. And then, you know, it's a great thing. We've done a book study on this. We're reviewing it. Um, good conversations. And so, um, for me, it's just that continual learning and never just settle with, you know, life as it is and kind of always continue to do your best to learn and grow.
4: Hmm. Well, for me, the, the, the four agreements has changed my life. Um, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I, I know many people who have read it and you can read it on different levels, even on the most quote unquote shallow level or surface level. Those four agreements, they are simple. They aren't rocket science. And it is a matter of like, yeah, if you could just start to implement them at work or implement them with your family, you would find a significant improvement in your quality of life. And if you go, let it go deeper, and to do that, I would highly suggest getting their other books and getting into uh, the Toltec Wisdom tradition as a whole. Um, you can check out org. I talk about a ton of this stuff uh, all over the place because it has been so impactful for me that uh, the Four Agreements can drive super deep into, I dare say, helping you find heaven on earth. Um, this isn't just about... Um, being a cool person to hang out with. It is about the reality that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. And if to what that would mean is that regardless of what's going on outside of you, that you are happy, that you are, you do have joy. You know, Jesus says, I came that you would have life and have life abundantly, that your joy may be made full. Like there, there is, there's something inside of you and a way of being inside of you that rises above circumstances and the four agreements is the book and the concepts that begin to open my eyes up to just how true that is. So if you have the, the, uh, the leading and intuitive leading to d- dive into it, I cannot recommend it highly enough.
5: Yeah. I'll also say, you know, in addition to, you know, we tackled the, the main four agreements, which were the main points of the book. But the first chapter and the last chapter, he talks about um, our, a view of the world. And this was a really unique, um, he talks about it being the dream of the world. And then we each have our own dream and that you're essentially creating your own reality. And um, some of the quotes that I wrote down um, was, one of them was, when you, when you don't do your best, you are denying yourself the right to be you. Um, and trying to be good enough for someone else, you lose your personal freedom. Most of us aren't even aware that we aren't free. So, so much of the result of following these agreements is freedom, is creating the life you want, is creating um, the dream you want to live in, and not just Dreaming of, you know, the house and the dog and the picket fence and everything, but literally the way you view the world that you have the power and the freedom to create that in your life. So I'd highly recommend, um, you know, if this intrigues you, go read the book because there's even more in the book that we didn't even get into that I highly recommend.
2: Just a couple things that I wrote down. One thing that I just thought of when we were talking about the well that I whatever when I was listening to the book earlier today again um that being impeccable with your word (coughs) uh, and the way that we try we've been trying to reframe the way that we speak even to our children and in instructing them or whatever rather than oh watch out don't do this saying rather do this So focusing on what you want versus what you're trying not to do is something that I feel like for us is part of being impeccable with our word. And then uh, one of the statements in the book about everything that someone does is is about them, not about you, made me think like, what about Jesus? That's kind of a weird thing to think about. And I didn't really have time to meditate on it, (laughs) but it's something... I think interesting to think about. Um, and then one last thing was from the book also about taking action for enjoyment versus reward. Um, the things that we do, it, it goes along with doing your best and doing it, doing everything you do, doing it um, with enjoyment versus like, I'm going to get something out of it or whatever. And that, in a sense it, it gives you, Uh, more of the power for enjoying things, I think, if you're not just trying to get a reward out of it. I don't know. Um,
1: Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking about the fact that this is a little bit like reaching maturity, emotional maturity in a sense. When you're a kid, when you're a baby, you you react to things Mm -hmm. and you're susceptible to your environment and when a kid comes by they have the toy that you want you take it away from them the kid hits you then you cry these are all reaction things this is this is kind of like learn to be an emotional or yeah learn to be an emotional adult Uh, (laughs) learn how to handle situations like an adult learn to not let not not assume that everything is against you not assume that everybody is doing things to hurt you don't let don't don't, don't let all these things that happen to you uh, don't take them in a personal way and uh and i uh, was thinking about it and the fact also that man we would have such a such a better society if people learned how to act this way
2: well, it's kind of funny when you're saying that, just because it sounds like what we're saying was your world is all about you, but at the same time, the world doesn't revolve around you. Looks like something that we say, but like, I don't know. Well, when you're you, saying that, it's like weird to think about. Maybe,
1: maybe the world is all about you. You just need to know how to handle what the world is giving you. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, no, what you're giving... Your own world, <laughs> or what your own world is doing.
4: <laughs> it's got to be your world, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <But> not yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Alan Watts has some really good stuff on that particular question you have there, or thought that you have. Mm-hmm. But um, I, don't, I, I think this is a this is a ninety page book. It's a really short audio book. I call it the audio version of it it's not something that I think you encounter once and you say, oh, I got it moving on. No. Um, even in this, this podcast, I said something and I phrased it a certain way and I was fairly deliberate about it. And then Joni kind of called me out on it. I don't know if I don't remember exactly what it was about. <laughs> I, I think I was saying most things that people do are not, um, you know, oh, yeah. me. against me. Right. right. Yeah. And she's like, well, I think you can say, uh, you know, none of the things. <laughs> um, because there is sometimes, I think we have this internal resistance to mm-hmm. this, this, this cognitive dis- dissonance of just this is what I believed for so long. So everything has to form around that. And when you start to break into that, it's not always the first swing of the of the the bat against the piñata that that gets it all out. It's it takes you know sometimes several swings. I you know I I used to think that you know maybe like the last decade or so that I've been very impeccable with my word, you know, I, that, that words really mattered. I made it a point to not with our kids, especially for example, um, if they failed, it, it was a, it was an event. They failed. They're not a failure. Maybe they lost. They're not a loser. It wasn't an identity that I wanted them to take on. You know, I, I struggled for a while with trying to find alternatives to saying, be careful. You know, so I was trying to say everything, but be careful. So I was like, so I was like, do I really want my kids to be careful? Is that the kind of person that I want to raise up? Something that's constantly like worried this." It might be doing the wrong thing. I don't know. Just uh I think it's worth the time. You know, we we've we've gone through a lot of this you've you've heard from our internal our internalizations about it. But I think for the listener, if you go through this on your own, you're gonna get some unique things for it yourself. So we didn't spoil it. We primed it. That's what we do out here. We prime these things. Um, <laughs> that said it's just
4: the foreplay man it's just the full play
0: <laughs> <book, all> right? <laughs>
4: um,
0: that said please uh, feel free to pimp our podcast you know let people know that it exists head out to our patreon um, our patreon account be a be a, a patreon help us out that way if you can't you don't got the cash at the moment go ahead and just like subscribe share all those kind of social media terms Find us at Epic at Epic Ideas. And of course, the Epic.org with that's E P-O-C-H for Epic. Did I forget anything? That's pretty good. Alright, see you later.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>